This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello. Hey, everybody. It's Greg Smith. Uh, we are without Jay Foreman this week, but I am joined this week by Derek Peterson, staff writer at Hill Varsity and managing editor Brandon Vogel at Hill Varsity to talk about Kind of the big news of the day with sophomore wide receiver Wandale Robinson uh, deciding to leave the Nebraska program. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Form. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hey everyone, this is Greg Smith and I am joined by Derek Peterson and Brandon Vogel. Yes, we we are here for kind of an emergency um, podcast, YouTube session uh, to discuss kind of the, the big news of the day, right? Like we, we had big news that was kind of brewing throughout the weekend um, and then came to a head uh, on Monday afternoon as star wide receiver, sophomore Wandale Robinson um, announced that he would be leaving the Nebraska football program and entering his name into the transfer portal. I mean, it, there are a number of ways um, that, that we can go on this. It is a huge impact. Uh, for Nebraska football, both on the field and off the field. And I guess I kind of want to start here with both of you guys, and and we'll start with Brandon. Um, When you saw the news come out and you saw Wandale's statement, what was your first reaction to the news? Uh, First reaction was was not total shock, because as you mentioned, I think we kind of got wind that maybe there was the chance of, of this, but still to see what is, I think, pretty inarguably one of Nebraska's two or three best players, maybe it's best player. And, and that's before, you know, that's before you even get into any of the other contexts, which I'm sure we'll get into as we go through this um, to see a player like that depart, like nothing about that is good. Um, I I'm a little bit <laughs> um, in, in terms of the on field things, in terms of the real impact on Nebraska, as it turns the page to 2021, we can talk about that a little bit. I've got some thoughts on that, but this was the guy that you put up there when you introduced your new facilities, uh, when you did the breaking ground on that, or at least the announcement of that. This was the guy who hung Christmas ornaments on, on Austin Allen. Like he was, he was the face. Um, and his usage rate backed that up. So to lose a guy like that, like it's not going to go well in terms of public perception. Yeah, and, and Derek, what, what were your thoughts when you first saw the news? Can I swear on this podcast? Uh, you can. <laughs> Go for uh, it. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I mean, like, there is a tendency when guys leave that for, for people to say, okay, next man up, or, okay, we want people that want to be here. Um, any, any kind of statement of that nature. Um, I think sometimes there's a little bit to that. But at the same time, you don't want to lose talent. And Wanda Robinson was the most talented player on this offense um, for two years in a row. That's been the case. I think, you know, Brandon, you and I, well, the whole group, really, we kind of talked about this 
off pod a little bit and just kind of trying to dissect like what is the 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 real on-field impact of losing Wando Robinson in the short term. So immediate next season, what is the impact of losing him? What does he do to this offense? Is it a difference of a touchdown a game? Well, maybe not because, you know, like how many touchdowns does he have in his career? Not a ton. Like I think I broke down the numbers. I don't I should have them in front of me, but I don't. I broke down the numbers um, kind of for a defining number series. I think he was averaging a touchdown every 32 touches or something absurd like that. Like, so it, the impact isn't huge. Um, and to Brandon's point and not to like steal his point, but this is kind of what he said was like, you know, their issues are so much bigger than Wando Robinson that Wando Robinson alone doesn't fix everything. Cause he wasn't fixing everything. But at the same time, um, when, when, when this came down and I kind of read through a statement and then I sat back in my chair and thought about it, I was like, okay, what, what, what is big picture? What does this mean? This was a guy that was, he was on the podium whenever they announced their facilities. Like Brandon said, he was hanging Christmas lights on Austin Allen. He was the face of this program, the face of this program. And, you know, for to, to lose a guy who, by all accounts, was as invested in Scott Frost as anyone on the team, he, he believed through the first two years of his career here the public facing um, persona was that he believed in Scott Frost. He believed in this offense. He believed in where they were going, where they were headed and their ability to get over the hump to lose that guy. And, and, and kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's just another in a, in a string of, of wide receiver losses or wide receiver misses or whatever. That's a problem in and of itself, but to lose that guy that, was your most staunch defender publicly. I mean, I think it, I think it says something about the program where it's at right now and what the trajectory is for it. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where my, my mind went immediately in the immediate aftermath. And and as soon as the statement kind of officially came out, because as you both kind of said, we kind of had been talking about this for a couple of days as, as if it, it was going to come down but it's still a, it's always another thing when it all, when it actually officially comes out and it hits right the popular saying that it hits different right um, and it did because and to me it's it's immediately about the big picture and what this says about kind of the frost era where it's going from here like the immediate impact guys that are coming into your program right now from the 2021 class, because of course I always naturally go right to recruiting. Like it's just, I think it's an enormous impact on the program because if you really start to think about, and we all, I think are in agreement that, that Wandale was the face of the program. I think it even goes beyond that because there are only so many Huskers that national writers that big 10 writers that don't cover Nebraska on a daily basis like we do they can only name you know three or four Huskers right like if you really you know zoom it out and Wandale Robinson is always going to be on that list like and I think that that means something um and I did immediately also think about the fact that Wandale was there to unveil the new facility and be the guy ushering Nebraska into a new future. To me, he was the representation of where this offense was supposed to be going under Scott Frost because he was exactly the type of player that this offense has always featured everywhere that it's been. And that was in part what was sold to him on the recruiting trail. Like I, I just think that it, it represents so many different 
kind of misses and failures that we've seen along the way so far. Um, and it just kind of encapsulates them all into one. Yeah, he believed enough in it to flip from Kentucky, um, you know, um, from the very start. And, you know, who knows if that's where he ends up. We don't know that at this point. That seems to be the rumor he mentioned in his statement being somewhere closer to home. So it seems like a pretty natural fit, given that he was committed there, committed there once. Um, you know, it's and it, it hurts a lot from from all of those all of those perspectives of just he bought it you know he bought in and he gave you everything he had like i don't think anybody can dispute that like you know ironically the amount nebraska had to use him at running back may have contributed at least a little bit to this we don't know we'll see as as more comes out i guess but he did he did whatever you asked and like you gave him the ball I mean, I'll, I'll have to tally it up, but he had over 100 touches as a freshman and as a sophomore, and I'm guessing there's probably five players in the country that got the ball as often as he did. Like, he was Nebraska's break-in-case-of-emergency guy, certainly this year, and even a little bit in 2019, of like, hey, we're struggling, things aren't working, like, for whatever reason, this isn't going the way we want it to, like, we're just going to give it to our best guy. That guy was Mondale, and it probably hurt his numbers to a degree. Um, you know, and, and and we'll see. We'll see if just being in a different offense changes that. I think it depends a lot on on which offense it is, but there's no way around it. Like he's a super talented player. I loved the guy just as a football player. Like he did everything he asked and he played played football the right way. And, and that's gonna be that's going to be tough to replace. I, I don't think it sinks Nebraska necessarily, but not, not in a football perspective. Um, but for all the reasons you guys kind of brought up, like it's, it's pretty, it's going to be tough for people to, to swallow. He averaged 10 yards a catch. So in his two, two Nebraska seasons, which will be his Nebraska career, he had 91 catches for 914 yards. So 10 yards a catch is pretty clean. Is that too low? about where it should be given that duck R position or is that too low? Cause on its surface, it seems like it's too low. Yeah. I would say uh, my initial reaction is that it is a little low given the way that they would probably have wanted to use him in an ideal world. Um, and so, yeah, too, too low is probably my first initial reaction there. Brandon, do you feel the same? Um, not, Gut reaction, no. I'm like pulling up right now. The so 10 year, well, maybe. Yeah, you don't even make the top 100 on, on CFB stats if you're averaging 10 yards a catch. Um, I think some of that, um, like I, I looked at some numbers kind of immediately after this, this decision came down officially at his expected points added. So you're just kind of measuring like, you know, even the two yard runs, like what's he adding to the offense. And uh, he was much higher in 2019. I think when you, I think you can attribute a lot of that to JD Spielman when you had a secondary receiver like here. And we knew this to be the case a little bit, but I don't think we, any of us expected Nebraska's offense to be as limited as it was in, in 2020. 
But without him, that number decreased by more than 50%. Like it was, it, it was big. And he kept getting touches, but they just had less and less impact because everyone knew like that's where Nebraska went when they when they needed to to get something going. So yeah, 10 is probably too low uh, now that I look at it a little bit. I think and this is part of why I think the offense is still lagging behind a lot. Like they need more guys. They need guys who can be like, okay, if you're going to focus on Wandale, we're going to make you pay here. And I don't know that Nebraska had that in 2020, maybe a little bit in 2019 with a JD Spielman, but that's part of why I'm kind of like, well, you're almost like totally zeroing the scale for the Huskers at wide receiver right now, because the guy you gave it to all the time who, you know, may or may not have been unhappy with how he was used or unhappy with what it was producing. Um, it, 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 it wasn't impacting things enough, which isn't a, a slight of Wandale at all. It just more speaks to Nebraska's offense as a whole. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of an interesting point to kind of dovetail off of, because I think that going forward, as you, as you look at the offense next year, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me because on one like on one hand I like there's no way to really refute what you're saying Brandon which is that essentially like the statistics don't necessarily bear out the impact that you automatically assign to Wandale but that doesn't mean that we don't all recognize that they're losing their best offensive player right but that also doesn't it means too that Nebraska doesn't have anyone that you look at right now on the roster and say, oh yeah, that guy's going to replace that production. But I could also make the argument that they have several guys that I could see being pretty good and then making them a more well-rounded offense. Like there is a a case to be made where, okay, so they just picked up the um, transfer, senior transfer, Torre, right? And comes in for SCS from Montana. So if you had him and you have Xavier Betts take another step and Omar Manning comes back, Austin Allen continues the progression that he's on, Thomas Fedoni comes in and is what we think he's going to come in and be, and then maybe Elante Brown is what you were hearing that he was previously, you're like, okay, I probably right there just named off five or six guys that are pass catchers right off the top of my head and was probably missing someone. Yes, that could produce a good offense, but the counter to that would be, what evidence have we seen of that actually being able to just flip that switch and work the way that it should have and has always intended to be under Frost? Because the offense that I just laid out is exactly what it was supposed to be all along. Just We're just talking about different guys and entering year four um, than we were when Frost first got here. That's where I was going to go. This is kind of my issue with the line of thinking of, well, Nebraska just needs more guys. Nebraska has guys. Wondell Robinson was what Miles Jones was supposed to be, but wasn't because of usage. You just not get an opportunity. How many guys can you go down the list of the, the skill position players that they've recruited in the last three years that have gotten zero, n- no opportunity, nothing? Like I, I, I don't, I don't believe gamers are a thing, and certainly with this coaching staff, if you don't practice well during the week, you're not getting on the field on Saturdays. But Demarion Houston, Jamie Nance, Chris Hickman, those guys have been here for a, a little bit. We, they don't, we don't get to see what they look like on the field. They, they, it hasn't, we don't even know what they look like. 
Chris Hickman was talked about a ton in the spring and sure, maybe the, the COVID shutdown impacted things, but on the field, he was relegated to a, a blocking role on fourth down packages. That was it. Nothing. They need wide receiver talent and they have a six foot, however tall he is guy over there that they're not even using. Um, Marcus Fleming had five catches for 75 yards in his second career game. And then nothing before transferring. Alante Brown is a kickoff only guy. They have it, it, it. This was, this was my issue with like, Oh, we're too young or, Oh, we don't have enough pieces or, Oh, you know, we need this or we need that. Like you have those guys. They're there. They're on the sideline. In a lot of instances, they're standing on the sideline, not being used. You look at guys that have left. Were they stunted by coming to Nebraska? So when you talk about guys that are still here and you say, well, can they make the next step? What evidence do we have that suggests that that is that, that they can do that with this coaching staff? Did Wando Robinson get better in his two years at Nebraska? Was he was he better in 2020 than he was in 2019? I would argue that he was basically the same. Um, we got to see at towards the end of the season him utilize a little bit more as a wide receiver. So we got to see some more of those skills. But I, you could also come back to me and say, well, we just didn't see that as much in the 2019 season. So I could go either way on that. So like, can we definitively say that Xavier Betts is going to be better next year than he was this year? Or Alante Brown is going to be better next year than he was this year? Um, which, which is which is kind of the problem, right? Like Diedrich Mills was expected to take a step forward and he didn't take a step forward partially because the usage was just all over the place. The opportunity would just was all over the place. So like, and this is this is like the, the biggest picture thing that, that is kind of punctuated. Like Wanda is the exclamation mark on this of like recruiting is a lifeblood of a program. And I think guys now, the motivation is different for playing college football. The motivation is is different than it was 20 years ago where we want to win a national championship. We want to play in a cool bowl. We want to win a bowl game, things like that. I watched Oklahoma State play Miami, and Miami's starting quarterback got hurt. And then Tylen Wallace, who is one of the best wide receivers in the country, who is an NFL prospect, a draftable player, looked at that and said, yeah, I'm out and opted out mid game. Didn't play the second half mid game. The motivation now seems to be who can get me to the NFL, who can get me to the next level, who can make me better and get me to the next level. And there are guys that are going to want to go play at Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state. Cause they want to play for a national championship. But in most instances, the motivation is who can get me to the NFL, the local kid that's going to North Dakota state to play quarterback. Some of his motivation was they can get me to the NFL. So, when you have guys that are that are either not getting better or staying the same or saying, I want to go someplace else because I feel like, you know, my future potential is bigger elsewhere. That is one of the most damning things that you can say about a college football program in this day and age. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, I think there's there's an issue here of potentially identification and and development as you were talking about with wide receivers like i think so far through three recruiting cycles and they've got you know 80 or 90 percent of their fourth recruiting class signed at this point like it's been almost a total miss on the wide receiver front minus wandale robinson who's who's now leaving uh maybe not a total miss i mean there's some guys that are just too young to to say one way or the other 
But you look back to that 2018 class, the junior college guys you brought in to give you immediate help for what everybody admitted, coaching staff included, was a, a, a position where the numbers weren't where they wanted him to be, where the talent wasn't where they wanted him to be. So you're looking at Mike Williams and Jerron Woodyard. Both those guys ended up, well, Mike Williams played but left kind of unhappy. Jerron Woodyard transferred and, and played for Marshall this year. Like he was a factor for them. He wasn't their leading receiver. But so I think there's a combination of misses there. Um, there's, there's also like the offense isn't where they thought it would be. No way, no how. And I mean, Frost has said as much too. Um, after three years, and some of that contributes too. Like if Nebraska's putting up more yards, Wandale Robinson gets more of those yards. So that's why this is it's it's so tough to kind of parse and everywhere you turn, it's a little chicken chicken or the egg of it's it, are his numbers lower than what you would expect based on his talent because of the offense or like, does his talent get inflated a little bit? And I, I'm not saying this is a, a slight to Wandale at all. Like, I, I want to make that clear. Like, like I said, I, I love the guy as a football player, but because he's Nebraska's first player, because he was such a high-profile recruit, like, he, he gets elevated as, well, this is our best guy. He's at Nebraska, traditionally one of the best programs in the country. He's got to be one of the best in the country. And I don't know if we know that yet either. And, and, and who knows why that's the case. Um, it's just kind of the way things shook out, which, which takes me back to like Nebraska's got such big issues to address offensively that the, the loss of one guy hurts. I mean, this is as big a loss of one guy as you could have. It's just hard for me to like downgrade or upgrade my view on the 2021 season too much based on that. Yeah, I think that to that point about the you know the the singular loss of Wandale being the biggest one, I don't think that there's another player that would have. And I think offense or defense, I think that if JoJo Doman had not elected to come back, I still think it's a bigger deal that Wandale doesn't go because even then, in JoJo's case, oh, he's a senior coming back for an extra year. If it was Cam Taylor Britt, oh, he wanted to take a shot at the NFL. He got a good draft grade. Um, I don't think there's a person that could have left that would have had more that would have generated these types of discussions. Um, it's kind of the big picture. Like, is this a crisis kind of a situation? What do they need to look into? Because to Derek's point, and I'm glad you mentioned this when you brought up like Mike, I think it was either brought up Mike Williams and Jerron Woodyard in that first class. Like we've seen kind of these mismanagement issues, like, underutilization issues since then because if you remember back to what people what the coaching staff was saying about even those guys when they first got here they can take a top off a of defense everyone's picturing in your mind they're going to get vertical in the passing game with guys like that and it just never happened and that started kind of this snowball effect that we've seen with so many different wide receivers and it's funny that that it's funny is the right word. It's kind of ironic that it, it is all kind of focused in on the wide receiver. And we've talked so much about that, obviously, because of Wandale being a wide receiver. But that is where the biggest glaring issue to me has been um, in the program. I think there's – I tweeted out earlier, they recruited 17 wide receivers under Frost. Seven of them either didn't make it or uh, transferred out early. 
Um, two of them, Conovay Noah and Mike Williams, finished their time in Lincoln. And then six are still here. But uh, if you really want to get inside of that six, like they have 17 total catches in their entire careers. And there's guys like um, Derek mentioned, um, Demarion Houston, Jamie Nance, that you wouldn't be surprised if they moved on, you know, at some point this offseason as well. And so it's just been a, a lot of misses and it's just such a glaring thing. And I don't know how you fix that um and if they recognize that that's a huge issue but I kind of want to go here next with you guys is that what what is and I don't want to say like oh find a silver lining in this but to me the very first thing that I thought about about how they can kind of move forward from this is you're going to still again be I guess young or green at wide receiver next year is does this force Nebraska to do what I've kind of been advocating for this offseason and not really kind of, I've been saying it, I've written this several times, that they basically need to go to more of a power spread um, and have that be more of the identity. Can uh, something like the Wandale Robinson news push that along a little bit further? I think so. I think, um, and and again, like you said, no, we're not going out there looking for a Pollyannish, Pollyanni-ish approach or a silver lining here, just because it's what we have to deal with. But I think in some ways it it kind of underscores a little bit of like, hey, having him was a little bit of a security blanket. Like I've said, you know, when things got tough, find Wandale, and that's that's a good strategy and it's a legitimate strategy because he was that good. Um, here it's like okay we might have to manufacture some more stuff especially if we're going to be young at wide receiver um it, it puts the highlight i think back on the run game and the offensive line which i've kind of always maintained is like until this offense is able to run the ball at like top two or three level in the big 10 it's probably not where it wants to be and if you can do that then yeah, you can be a little bit green at wide receiver because if teams have to gear up to stop the run, guys should be open. I mean, and the offense has always gotten guys open. Yeah, it's guys were open of, this year. Yeah, like I mean, guys were open. It's been a matter of of finding them and finding them consistently. So maybe it, maybe it highlights that a little bit. I mean, I think in, in some ways, my kind of big picture overall view is that yeah, maybe it kind of says okay it hurts to lose that guy but your issues were bigger than that anyway so let's really focus on those because now the option of getting it getting the ball to wandale uh is no longer there you've got to come up with something else yeah brandon's point about wandale being sort of the breaking case of emergency guy is is really really accurate um and I want to give credit where credit is due. Brandon is the one that brought up Mike Williams and drama. Oh, okay. I did not do that, but I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he did bring up Mike Williams because like of the non Wandale wide receivers that have been recruited, he's the one that's produced the most and it's only 231 yards. And when he left, um, he, he made no bones about the fact that uh, he wasn't really used properly. Um so I mean, I mean, they they could they could go to to that run first approach um, that you kind of asked about that we thought that they might be able to do this year. Um, 
I think the jury is still out though, because they had a guy that, that was tailor made for that kind of approach in Dedrick Mills. And um, I, at least to me, it seemed like they were more comfortable running the quarterback than they were um, with designed running back carries. Um, and like to Brandon's point, like they were, I think they were second in the conference in yards per carry as a rushing offense mm-hmm. um, or second in the conference in yards per game as a rushing offense. Um, but a lot of that is a quarterback. How much of that is juiced by quarterback scramble or quarterback draw or things like that? Or, or you know, quarterback draw picks up seven yards when you're in third and 23 and you don't want to do anything else because you can't do anything else. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm in agreement with Brandon, though, that like in the immediate near future, um, you know, losing Wandale while it sucks kind of face value. Like there are other issues that need to be sorted out. Yeah, I think that it, it's funny to be like the now the Diedrich Mills question that I guess is still again it's still looming out there um, about whether or not he's returning or not because he's made no official statement as of recording this podcast um, is now even more important, right? Like. You, you could make the argument, though this ends up being another point against the staff and development, that even if Diedrich Mills announces tomorrow that he's coming back to Nebraska, let's run this thing back, I am your bell cow, you could argue that they still should bring in another transfer running back so that they could lean on the running game even more so they can give some of those carries away from Adrian Martinez. Um, but then... That brings up the other side of development issue that we've had at wide receiver, and we've talked about it linked at wide receiver. That's starting to rear its ugly head at running back as well, right? Like, I mean, when you think about the Wandale as break in case of emergency um, option, that was often as the backup running back or sometimes the primary running back in this offense where – I am I'm actually more surprised that they consistently continue to do that than whatever happened at wide receiver, because the word out of the staff, um, both publicly and privately, about how they felt about those running backs that they've signed over the last couple of years, which is so positive that it's surprising to me that you look up and, you know, Dedrick Mills has a big run, gets him down in the red zone. And then Wondell Robinson is the guy to come in and run the ball in between the tackles when you have, you know, uh, Marvin Scott, I think Savion Morris dressed for that particular, Morrison dressed for that particular game. You know, Ramir Johnson has been just kind of a mystery as just speaking of usage um, of how he's been utilized. Like, I just think that that running back position now is going to come into even more focus now because it's kind of been in flux and all over the place as well. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and like you said, we'll, we'll see w- what happens with Mills. Like this is not based on anything other than my own gut feel. I'd be surprised if he comes back. And then Nebraska's super young and unproven at that spot. So, you know, you look at – maybe you look in the transfer market there. I mean, even talking about wide receiver, like they got, they got a transfer wide receiver this week um, shortly before Wandale announced he was leaving. Like – I think they could take two more. Like maybe I'm crazy about that, but I honestly do in terms of catching up to where I think they want to be 
in terms of numbers there, like if it fits and those guys are out there and they're willing to come, like, because you just, you read, need a real talent infusion there, which isn't saying anything about any of the guys that they've signed where it's still early in their career. We'll see. Um, but like you kind of alluded to Greg coming into the year, all the talk was about, yeah, Wandale's a wide receiver. We don't want to give him that many carries that they did. I think tells you a little bit about, how 2020 went in terms of injuries and those sorts of things, but also like just how far or how not far some of those younger guys had come along to that point. um, Assuming everybody was available. It's kind of like Murphy's law with this team. Um, Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. (laughs) And we've seen that with their wide receivers too, because it's not all of just like, Oh guys transferred. It was like, well, I mean, you had, Andre Hunt, Katarian Lagron in there. Right. Um, you had Dominic Watt, who never made it, um, who's in there. You had Will Nixon, who they liked, who thought that they he could come in and pick up the offense right away, who got hurt. Um, so you know, it, it it's just the most. I think the the most uh, ironic part of all of this is that Frost's come up at Oregon came from being a wide receivers coach. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is kind of a grand irony there. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for us today um, for Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us and review us. Leave us a five-star review. If you only leave four, I am inclined to think you are a hater. Uh, make sure you are checking out all the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hale Varsity Radio Show. You can also email us and send all your love notes uh, to straight up breakdown at hailvarsity.com. You can find us on Twitter, and this is, I know mine, Greg Smith HB. Brandon, what's yours? Brandon L. Vogel. Derek? Uh, D R P E T E Y H B. So Dr. P D H B. Uh, we could say it that way. Um, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. A Hoda Media Production.